0: You are listening to the Murray Hills Church Podcast. To learn more about Murray Hills Church, including our gathering times and how to connect with us, visit us online at murrayhills.com. ...commandment, you shall not murder. And Jesus is going to deepen the meaning of this law and and broaden the, the application of this law. And he's going to raise the standard, because if you think about it, this is not a very high standard. Okay, you know, I, I we're talking about we're talking about relationships, and I want you to think about this as the standard. If this is in the right, the Pharisees are saying our righteousness is based on obeying the Ten Commandments. So, sixth commandment got that one covered: "You shall not murder." I, I'm going to argue that that's not a real high standard for healthy relationships. Like, if you say, you know, as hey, how's your relationship with your wife? It's great. We have not killed each other. It is a it is fabulous relationship. Right? What's your relationship like with your brother? Oh, it's fabulous. I have not murdered him yet. You know, like, it's that's not a very high standard, right? Would you agree? I mean, unless you're raising teenagers, that's not a very high standard, for relationships like check me off I am righteous I have not murdered anyone and that's why what Jesus does next really drives home the point because Jesus says no it's not you know just you shall not murder that's not the intent of that law is simply the taking of life Now, the taking of life is wrong no doubt that's not the intent of that law the intent of that law is that you shall not even hold any anger or harbor any bitterness in your heart towards another person. The intent of that law is that you should not call any other person dehumanizing names like a raka or you fool and we'll we'll talk some modern equivalents if you want to. The intent of that law is that you shall not let anything come between a brother and a sister. You should work out your differences with them and you should be reconciled with them. Now that's a whole lot harder. I'd rather just take the X out and go back to the you shall not murder. Because when you look at that, and you're like, okay, so you know, the, the sixth commandment, what does it say? You shall not murder. Good, got it. I can do that. I'm good at that one. I got that one covered. But then when Jesus expands it and says, you shall not harbor any bitterness in your heart towards another person, you shall not harbor any, any cynicism or any hatred in your heart for another person. You shall not call another person dehumanizing names you shall not curse another person you you shall not let anything come between you and that relationship with another person that's incredibly incredibly difficult you know why it's difficult because people are crazy that's that's why it's difficult right I mean yeah you can applaud that yeah it's in the words of the 21st century philosopher and poet Billy Currington God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. He's 100, well, you can disagree with the middle part if you want to, but he's 100% accurate on the ends. God is great, and people, you never thought you heard that one on a sermon, right? God is great, and people are crazy. They are just crazy. How are you supposed to reconcile with people that are seemingly unreconcilable? How do you, how do you deal with people that, you just, how? How can anybody get along with that person? They are so rude and they are so mean. And they're, I mean, they're just, they do all these things. How could we possibly not harbor bitterness in our heart towards another person? How could we possibly not be angry when they've insulted us in that way or they've hurt us in that way or they've treated us in that way? How could we possibly not do that? Can we just agree to be mad at each other for the rest of our lives and never talk to each other again? Is that okay? Like, is that, because that's typically the way we try to resolve it. Even in church, people we go to church with, can we just agree to stop talking with each other? We'll just go, to, we'll, we'll go find another church where they don't go to church, and then, then we'll just never see each other again. Even with people that we grew up with, can we just agree to stop talking with one another? That's fine. I know we're brothers and sisters, but uh, c- come on. I mean, we can, we can suffer through Christmas, and we don't have to talk to each other the rest of the year. Can, I mean, people, we do that all the time. We hold those grudges against other people, and we typically we hold the hardest grudges against the people we're the closest to. So so family and close friends and close acquaintances, the people that know us the best, we tend to hold the hardest. Can we just do that? Is that just an acceptable way of solving the problem? And the answer, of course, is no, it's not. Because that only increases the bitterness. And it only increases the hatred in our hearts. And that's why what Jesus says here is so important. And I'm going to show you how. I, I want you to leave today with at least a couple of ideas of how to not do this. Like how to not hold this bitterness how to actually reconcile with important relationships in our lives but i want to just dig into this importance a little bit more because i think we we kind of skip over what jesus is saying here and you know like verse 23 i mean i I said this in a staff meeting i don't two three weeks ago i was talking and i said do you think we make too big a deal about sunday in the church like do we make too big a deal about sunday and i know you're sitting there thinking how do you come on sunday's what it's all about i mean that's it all centers around sunday specifically i was asking do we make too big a deal about the sermon like, do you think we make too big a deal about that? Like everything, like all the emails I send out are about, hey, this is what I'm talking about this week. Or this is what the series is about this week. And, um, or, you know, the social media posts are about, hey, this is the message. This is what we're going to do. This is, the, this is where we're going, all that. Like, I get it. You know, the sermon's important. Do you think we're making too big a deal out of it? Because I started hearing people that were saying, like, you know, they would get the email. And the email's intended to be, like, encourage people to come. And some people would look at the topic and go, yeah, I don't want to talk about that. You know, I don't, I, I, we'll just, we'll skip out this Sunday. You know, I don't, I don't really want to talk about that. And, and we actually made a change like two or three months ago like, well, let's just start sharing the songs then. Cause that, you know, some people don't come for the sermon, they come for the songs. Let's just share the songs. And people would look at our list of songs and go, eh, I don't, I don't really want to sing one of those this Sunday. And, I'll just skip out on that. Or some people are like, oh yeah, i got to be here that particular Sunday. But people are making choices about whether or not they're going to engage on a Sunday based upon the content that's being delivered. And I'm, I'm sorry to use that language, but you understand what I'm saying. Like I'm, de- I'm deciding whether or not to attend based upon what it's going to be about. And I thought of this analogy. It'd be like my mom inviting me over to dinner and saying, "Hey, I want you to come over to dinner. The whole family's going to be there—brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, grandmas, grandpas. The whole family's going to be there. Uh, I want you to invite." It's going to be Friday night at six o'clock. And I was like, "Okay, but what are we eating?" You know? What do you mean? What are we eating? Well, I mean, I just—are we having chicken? Because if we're having chicken, I don't—I don't—I don't, I think we'll just skip and we'll join you the next family dinner if we're having chicken, because I don't like chicken that much. And like, like that, that would what would that be that would be crazy right because the, the purpose of the invite to the dinner is not about what's being served for dinner and i know you've got to be serve healthy food and all that you know that every analogy has its limit the purpose of the invite of dinner is that we can be together with family that's the purpose of the the purpose of the gathering on sunday is not so you can hear a sermon the purpose of the gathering on Sunday is not just so you can sing worship songs. The purpose of the gathering on Sunday is so that we can be together with brothers and sisters. That's why what happens in Coffee Connect or what happens when we dismiss here in about 15 minutes is just as important as what happens from the stage. It's those relationships. Like, we should want to come on Sunday not because, well, it's going to, the sermon's going to be about... ABC this week we should want to come because well I'm going to get to see my brothers and sisters this week I'm going to get to say hello to people that that I love I'm going to get to see I'm going to get to see my family this week that's why we gather relationships are more important than worship I didn't think I'd get an amen on that that's okay relationships trump worship and you say whoa 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 now wait a minute where you get an idea like that Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled with them, and then come and offer your gift. Now, what Jesus is saying here is very offensive to Jewish ears, because there's nothing more important than offering your gift at the altar. There's nothing more important than worship of God, and Jesus is saying, if, if, if your brother and sister, if you have something against a brother and sister, if you're harboring anger and bitterness in your heart towards a brother and sister, or you have something you know, that you guys haven't been able to work out, stop your worship. Stop your worship and go be reconciled with your brother and sister, and then come back and worship. It's not, a, it's not an either-or type thing, but then come back and worship. Because the way we treat one another is reflective of our love for God. And again, Jesus was the one that said that. Jesus said the second command, love your neighbor as yourself, is like the first command, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. So the way we love other people is reflective of how we love God. Those two things are tied together. So, so we, have to, we have to figure out how to live together with one another. And it's a whole lot easier to worship God because God's perfect and he doesn't do anything to offend us. So it's a whole lot easier just to do the worship thing. And say, I can be angry at my brother and sister. I cannot be talking to my brother and sister. And I'll just come and worship God because God's never done anything wrong. <laughs> but that other one is, it, is so important. And I'm just trying to kind of drive home the importance of this. All right? Um, we have to figure out how to repair relationships in our lives. Because relationships are reflective of the way we love God. Now, how do you do it? Give me, give me five, ten more minutes here. I want to go back to the words of a former Pharisee by the name of Paul. I read this text last week. I read 2 uh, Corinthians 5, verse 20-something, 20 21 or something like that. Uh, but I, I didn't read what came before it. And what comes before it is really, really powerful. Here's what Paul says. And I want you to n- listen to all the language of reconciliation. Listen to all the language of relationships here, Okay. Paul says, from now on, we we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them. So he's talking about reconciliation with God. And that's what happens in that moment of of baptism. There's a reconciliation with God. There's a repentance for for how I've been living. And there's this reconciliation that happens with God. But you notice how he ties it together with reconciliation with other people in our lives. He puts these two things together. And there's several key phrases in there where he talks about like we're Christ ambassadors. We're to, to act and speak on Christ's behalf. We are to be committed to a message of reconciliation. We are to be committed to a ministry of reconciliation. So Paul is kind of hammering home, this is important stuff. This is important. But he also talks about, in this text, I believe, how to do it. And I just want to pull out two things he says about how to do it. And I'll highlight them. The first one is right there. From now on, we no longer regard anyone from a worldly point of view. And I think this is the key to reconciliation is we have to learn to see each other as fellow image bearers of God. Fellow people who were created in the image of God and who Jesus died for just as, just as he died for us. Until we learn to see people as people, we can't practice reconciliation. And I know that sounds so basic, but until we learn to see people as people, we can't have empathy and compassion for them. And if you can't have empathy and compassion for them, it's nearly impossible to reconcile. We have to see people in the way God sees us. So we don't see them as illegals we don't see them as felons we don't see them as criminals we don't see them as adulterers or drunkards or crackheads or thugs or whatever you want to la- all the all the labels that we put on people are ways in which we cannot really see them as fellow image bearers of god whatever those labels are and if you look back through history there's so many cases of history that you're like how did that happen Right now, I'm, I'm listening to The Splendid in the Vile by the guy who, I can't remember, wrote Devil in the uh, Eric Larson, that's his name. Listen, Splendid Vile, it's about Churchill and Hitler. And, and you, you listen to all that stuff about Hitler, and you're like, how could that have possibly happened? How could he have done that to the Jewish people? I mean, what, what was going on in Germany? How could that have possibly happened to the Jewish people? He did not see them as people, they were not seen as fellow human beings. And he convinced an entire culture to not see. A, a race of people as people. You look in at our American history, and you read about what happened to Native Americans. You're like, how could how could we do that? How could we possibly the genocide that happened, and you know the taking over the lands and the breaking of treaties? How could you do that? It's because you did not see them as people. They were not seen. They were they were um, they were not seen as they were barbarians. They were, so they were not seen as fellow image bearers of God and when you don't see people as fellow image bearers of God you're not able to reconcile them you're not able to see the humanity in the other person so the first step to reconciliation no matter how mad we are at them no matter how no matter how much hatred or bitterness we have in our heart towards them the first step is to realize that they are an image bearer of God as C.S. Lewis says you've never met an ordinary person you you the only people you've met are immortal so they're all created in the image and the glory of god the second thing there verse 19 is big because this is what god did for us god was reconciling the world to himself in christ not counting people's sins against them so the only way that god reconciled our life with his is he didn't count our sins against us and if we're going to reconcile with other relationships in our life, the only way to do that is to not keep score. So when we keep score in relationships, um, th- no relationship can, can survive where we keep score. I mean, it just can't. Like I, I, I pro- like, I promise I'm in the red as a husband. I'm in the red as a, as a brother. Or I'm in the red as a dad. Because, I mean, if, if, if we're going to keep score, I'm losing the only reason that those relationships are still intact in my life is because the relationships in my life have been able to not count my sins against me. And it doesn't mean that I have accountability. I mean, there are consequences and there is accountability and I, I understand all that. But I mean, like they've been able to, through forgiveness and repentance and those things, been able to, to not count my sins against me. And if, and if we're going to keep score in relationships, and, and then we're never going to be able to reconcile. We have to be willing to give the benefit of the doubt. We have to be willing to accept apologies. We have to be willing to, um, to move forward in some way. Because keeping score only builds bitterness and hatred in our heart. And Jesus tell, and, and it really the example that Paul gives is that's what God did for us. That's what God did for us through Jesus. So he's, asking us to, he's not asking us to do anything that he hasn't already done. And that is a principle that Jesus talks about. You know, forgive in the way that you've been forgiven. So that's a that's a Christian principle as well as we think about reconciliation. And and I know there's a whole lot more to this, okay? I'm I'm always hesitant to teach on these things because I'm afraid that the people who need to hear this are gonna think, well, that doesn't apply to me. And the people who don't need to hear this are gonna think, well, that applies to me and I need to do something about it. Now let me explain that just a little bit. The people who need to hear this is those of us that have based on some slight or some offense, and it was probably petty, and it was probably nothing, no big deal, and honestly, like, if you go back and look at it, through, through the context of history it's like, that was really not a big deal. Why, are we, why have we not talked to each other in five years over that? Come on. I know it was a fight, I know, but why are we not, or why are we, why are we still holding bitterness about that? And, and those are the people that we need to, like, follow what Jesus says here. We need to stop worshiping and go be reconciled. Like, quit, quit just acting like everything's okay. That's not okay. So let's figure out how to repair that relationship. And to repair that relationship, it's going to require a hard conversation. It's going to require an apology. It's going to require repentance or asking forgiveness or whatever that looks like. The group of people I'm worried about that will hear this and take it in the wrong way is um, if you've been in truly harmful relationships, like in physically abusive relationships, sexually abusive relationships, emotionally abusive relationships you don't need to reconcile there, there's an appropriate boundary that, that should take place in these relationships so like, like I'm always nervous when you talk about this there's gonna be somebody who's been in a physically abusive relationship says well you know right there a preacher told me I need to go reconcile so I need to go back to, to my spouse even though this has been going on I need to go back no if that's the case you need to work through it with some a trusted professional a Christian counselor Christian pastor or somebody to work through what are the appropriate boundaries that need to be in place to, to maintain this as a healthy relationship. Because Jesus is not asking us to go back into unhealthy relationships. You know, what's the, what's the appropriate way for us to, to to maintain healthy relationships here? I can forgive without, um, without reconciling there. And so that, you know, how you take this teaching, and i got to quit because I know I see our time running out, but how you take this teaching is really up to you and whatever's going on in your life. Whether you look at the, the, where you're having the, the, where you have it reconciled and say, is this something I really do need to address, and we got to reconcile, and we got to do what Jesus asked me to do here, or, or is this something that I need to, I need to talk with a Christian therapist or counselor? And we got two that that meet here at Murray Hills. We got three or four that are members of this church. I've, I recommend people to them all the time. Uh, I've met with them, and so we, you know, I just need to sit down and talk with somebody and say, here's what's going on. This is what's going on in my relationship. I understand, you know, my responsibility as a Christian, but how do I, how do I handle this? How do I move forward with this? And, um, and th- those folks will help you walk through it. They'll help you step through it. But what I hope you see is that it is important. And we need to get help wherever we need to get help. We need to repair wherever we need to repair. We need to reconcile wherever we need to reconcile. Forgive wherever we need to forgive. And to just trust Jesus wherever we need to trust Jesus. Let me pray for us, and uh, I think we got to do our offering. I don't think we've done that yet. That's our last thing today. Let's pray. Father, I, I'm thankful for the Sermon on the Mount. It is so challenging to us, to, and how Jesus continually raises the standard. And uh, we see what he's talking about, that, you know, it's so hard to do this. I mean, it's just, it's, it's very, very difficult. When we've been hurt or wronged in some way, it's very, very difficult to, to do this. And I acknowledge that um, I'm not perfect in this. And when people wrong me, I tend to hold a grudge and, and not immediately seek to repair that relationship. So God, I just ask you to help us have a spirit of humility, help us to have a spirit of, uh, of empathy and compassion that, that helps us to be the kind of people that, that you have taught us to be. And that's people who, who seek reconciliation. And we, we know it's possible because you've done it with us. And, uh, so, Father, I pray you help us to do that in our lives. It's in the name of your Son, Jesus, I pray these things. Amen. Uh, do we have an offering slide, Ty? I think, if not, you guys know how to do this. But there's boxes on the, uh, on the walls as you leave today. But you can, you can do text giving and uh, you can do online giving and that. As you're giving, as you leave today, two things I want to mention. Uh, one, talking about relationships... We're building our guest experience team because Coffee Connect is growing and, and our online guest stuff is growing. So like, uh, if you want to serve in that capacity, we would love to have you. All you got to do is talk with Tim or Ebony or myself or mark it on the card. I'm ready to volunteer and we'd love to, love to plug you into that ministry. Then if you have a child or if you are someone that is graduating this year, um, we need to know. And if you would email... You can send an email to me, Russ at Murray Hills, or you can send it to Todd, Todd at Murray Hills. But on May 23rd, we're going to recognize our graduating seniors. And we usually just do high school seniors because it's hard to keep up with all the college. So uh, high school seniors, we're going to recognize on May 23rd. So if you would like to be included in that recognition, please send us an email. And we'll get you the information about pictures and and all of that kind of stuff. All right. That's all I got. I took all your fellowship time today. I apologize for that, but you can stay in the lobbies and talk just as long as you want as well. But uh, thanks for being here today, and we'll see you next Sunday. If you are encouraged by today's talk, feel free to share it with your friends. Please also consider rating and subscribing on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more, please visit us online at murrayhills.com.